This is that good good. Welcome to Executalks. It's good. Well, welcome to Executalks. You know what it is. Welcome to Executalks. Not to add. Welcome to Executalks. Well, well, welcome to Executalks. Thank you for listening in. I'm your host Ash. I'm Alexi. I'm uh, producing the podcast. And today, uh, well, this is the first time we're doing this, but um, we're talking. We're going to do a recap of the episode that came out yesterday, which is uh, Naveen Jain. Naveen Jain is uh, the billionaire entrepreneur. I think he's like one of six billionaires in Washington State. I think you have a unique perspective because you're producing the podcast and you're going through it, and you have like a bird, better bird's eye view than me when I'm like because I'm like actually I'm doing the interview, so maybe I have like a biased opinion, and I think that's that's valuable to get your input as well. Hey man, always here to help you. So uh, where do we start? What do you think we should? What do you mean where do we start? We got to talk about the podcast. So this is one of those podcasts where I felt pretty energized after listening to it. He brings this perspective of you got to solve the root problem, which is like his whole thesis is solve the root problem. People want to work on solving the symptoms of the problem. And then once you get into it and fix what's causing the problem, then, you know, you go forward and you figure out the next problem. Yeah, I agree. And just uh, like what, from, but based on what you said there, I, what I, from what I remember is there's just one thing I remember like specifically, I think that was super powerful. He said, going to the moon is a good thing and colonizing the moon or, you know, just humans can live on the moon. And uh, he said, one of the questions somebody asked him was, well, how do you, how are you going to get food on the moon? And then he was like, if you simply change that question to why do we eat food now, all of a sudden you're solving a different problem. So that's like, that's an example of like root cause versus symptom. That, that was a very good point by him. It, it, make, it makes you wonder with the whole SpaceX thing going on. Like, did you see the did you see the, the rocket coming down a couple of days ago? What happened? And it landed. They sent the rocket, like SpaceX sent their rocket up and then tried to land it. And it landed for like a minute. And then it blew up. Going back to the conversation that he was having where he expects us to go to the moon and beyond within the next decade. Like he said, we're going to have people being born on the moon in the next decade. Right now, in real time, we're watching a private corporation try to test their equipment to go to Mars, and yet they're still, they're close, but they're still failing in, in a way. Like, they're learning by the experience that they're getting from these rockets going up and then crashing <laughs> uh, eventually, but also, if those mistakes never happened, then how would you ever know that those are possibilities? Yeah, that's a really good point. Honestly, I don't know. Sorry, this is kind of a random thought, but um, I'm kind of afraid of the future in the sense that like, what if like humans start to colonize a certain planet, then it's like planet against planet? <laughs> uh, you know, he, he also made a point about how we're so worried about us destroying the earth, but then the earth is always just going to like be there. And it's a selfish take to believe that we're damaging the earth, right? And so if we have multiple colonies around however far we get within our lifetimes, I, I don't necessarily think that the issue is going to be earth versus our colonies in, like in our lifetimes. What do you, you know, um, one thing that I remember also from the conversation is that um, I, I feel like uh, this is just something I've been thinking about, but like the older we get, the more like we know the instruction manual, I guess you call it to like what makes us happy. And, you know, he, he talks about happiness in the beginning and stuff. And he says, you know, that like a lot of people think, uh, you know, that happiness is like once you have something or it's like it's tied to a physical position or tied to something. And I kind of wanted your opinion. Like, What, what do you think? Um, how do you feel like, like what, what is happiness? <laughs> what is happiness? Is that your question? Or like, what's my, like, what's my end goal to like have a 
fulfilling life. Like, what? How do you define happiness? I guess because happiness is like a strange word. Some people say it's contentment. Some people say it's being excited every single day. Some people say it's like. How do you um? How do you view happiness, or how do you how do you define happiness? I don't think I'm the right person to ask that because I have no idea. I have no idea what happiness actually is. Because you'll have you'll have moments where you're super happy and you have moments where you're super down. But at the end of the day, how do you consistently stay happy? Because you always have this idea, oh, if I do this in the future, I'll like always be happy. And the more goals that I set up, it seems like the less happy I am because I'm further away from those goals. But once I reach those goals, I'll have that little spark of happiness. But it just it never stays consistent. It's always ups and downs. So I have no idea how to define that. Otherwise, I'd always be happy, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, one other thing I, that I like really wanted to talk about was I think it's super interesting how um, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do. When he was uh, obviously like, he grew up poor, you know, in India, he barely had anything. His family, like, he came from a very poor family, and I think when he came first came to the U.S., I think he had like only twenty dollars and say like he didn't have, like he came from like literally nothing. I just always find it interesting how the people who have nothing, that story, it's kind of like the rags to riches story. I always wonder, like, why is it that, you know, a lot of those people end up, is it that just that, that hunger never goes away? Is it, I just thought that was really fascinating how somebody can go from being dead broke to, you know, a billionaire. I was actually thinking about this not too long ago. Everybody's immigration story is the same, right? They come here with no money and then they come here, work hard, and they have a good life compared to what they could have had. That's the majority of these immigration stories. So if you come here with a full family, you have five kids, you have to work your ass off to make sure that all of those five kids are having a better life here than they would have had wherever you came from. And a lot of these successful stories, they tend to stop at that generation. The first generation born American, is their life better than it would have been back at home. And I don't think we get to those to those parts of the story because when I look at my own life, I I feel very blessed to where my parents have gotten me, but also there are other variables that have entrapped me in in this capitalistic rat race where I don't think I would have had the same issues back in Russia that uh I have here. So I'm drowning in student loan debt. And that probably would not have been an issue in my other life, right? At, at what point do you define success in that immigration story? Because they all sound the same. You came here with nothing in your pocket, and all of a sudden, after years of hard work, you're, you're living the American dream. But what's that American dream for your kin? Is it being stuck in this cycle of work, 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 and you die? That's just what came to me when he mentioned that. At, at what point do you find success in the immigrant story? Yeah. Like, is it is the success defined, you know, after you're able to build stability? Is the success defined after you become a billionaire? Is the success defined? Like, what, what, yeah, I see at what point. Yeah, that's very interesting. What, what do you think? I, I mean, I'm not in those shoes. My parents came here from the Soviet Union. They define it as successful, right? They came here with nothing. They expected nothing which he also goes into if you don't have expectations then you're just going to be happier because these are things that we're not born with and i forgot exactly how how he intertwined the expectations and you not being born with anything and also you die with nothing but if we hold on to those expectations and we don't get them we're just going to be unhappy right so they came here with expectations of a better life my theory on it is if they believe that their life is better than it was when they left 
then it was successful for them. But for me, it's it's a different story because I'm for, I'm a firstborn American, and I got thrown into the system of you have to work your life away for a corporation while also not being able to do what you really want to do if you were entrapped in the whole scheme of going to college and taking out loans. And so to them, seeing me not being happy about the situation that I am in now diminishes their own success because it's like, well, then why the hell did we even come here if you're not happy with the life that you have now? Yeah. I think to an earlier point, well, also what I was thinking of was Naveen Jain said, um, he, I think he was saying in the context of entrepreneurship, it also applies to life. It's um, people like become so depressed or, you know, they, they get bogged down because their expectations are so high. But it's like, you know, like, let's say you start something or like you lose a bunch of money or like you have all this success and wealth, let's say wealth, for example, and then you lose it. He said, the truth is um, you had nothing to begin with. So what really have you lost? Yeah. I mean, people get mad when they don't get what they expect. And going back to the whole expectations thing, we're not born with expectations for ourselves. We, we make those expectations. And then once we die, those expectations are gone, right? Because other people don't hold expectations for someone who doesn't exist anymore. So maybe sometimes, you know, you hold your expectations way too high and then you get super depressed when you don't reach those expectations. And I'm talking to myself right now where I, I have all these expectations of what I want to do, what I, what I should be doing. And then once I don't reach those expectations, I feel so down. It, it's one of those cycles that I, I know that I'm not alone, especially during the whole pandemic era of our lives. This isn't a unique feeling. The, the more you realize that other people have this feeling, the more comfortable you are with talking about it openly. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that's happening, especially in our demographic and in this situation where it's been a year since this whole new life started and some people have made the step forward and have adjusted and some people still haven't. And I think it's, it's a healthy time to discuss what really you want out of your own life. And you have your book where you start presenting a different method for people to find what they actually want to do. I, I, I just want to know how you came up with you know, your theory yeah, and that's, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tossing me that oop, bro. It was Al you right there. Um, no, how I came up with it, honestly, it was just a lot of reflection and, and it was based on like my experiences. So I think, the, you know, the first step is craft your story. And that was just because it's just kind of known to, huma to humans. It's like the best way to communicate with somebody else, with another human being is through story. That's just how we remember. So that's just the best way to communicate. And once you have, once you have that down, then your message will stick with people. And then number two, you know, you build your hit list is like, you know, setting a target. You know, I remember when I was uh, at my first job, or no, no, sorry, this was like when I, when I wanted to start the podcast, um, I didn't know where to start. And so I just looked up a list of 100 companies in Seattle. And that was, that was probably the best thing I could have done because um, otherwise I would have just been stuck. What the hell, what, what am I going to do? Where do I start? Where do I start? So you just got to start, right? You just got to build a list and start. Um, so that was just like, that was the best thing I could have done. Like, it didn't even matter who it was or what it was. It's just, you just got to get started. So step number three, getting a little bit deeper into it, is uh, creating executive messages, which is, it's just my way of saying like creating a, a, um, a unique message. Like, you know, now you have your story, you have your message, but like, how are you actually going to get somebody to read your message? How are you going to, how are you going to get to some, somebody to actually pay attention to your message? And so there's different, you know, creative ways of doing that. You can come up with your own creative way of doing that. But I just, I kind of describe like what's been helpful for me. 
you know, especially because it's, it's not really easy to land. You know, the hardest people to get meetings with are people who are running, you know, million dollar, multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar corporations. Like they're, they're not easy to get a hold of because they have so much responsibility and their time is just so valuable. And so it's like, you know, I just felt like, you know, not to be like a braggart, but I just felt like I could be of help to people who are trying to get people's attention. So, you know, if you're trying to get the attention of a hiring manager, they have probably hundreds of people trying to get in touch with them. Well, here's some different ways to think about it. Uh, just kind of what's the process of, okay, now you got your message, now you got a creative way to do it and you got your target. What's, what's next? Um, and so I talk about what's next and then, you know, how to present yourself at the meeting when you first land the meeting and so on and so forth. So, uh, I thought it was a long answer, but try to keep it as short as possible. But at the end of the day, you, I, I feel you need a way to stand out. And this is just like an approach that hasn't been heard of before. I've gotten a lot of, by the way, I've gotten a lot of DMs and comments, like especially on LinkedIn too. I got some comments saying that, you know, oh, what do you mean you don't need a resume? Like there's nothing wrong with having a resume. And that's a misconception. And I I feel um, the urge to say that I don't mean to say that you don't need a resume. I just mean to say that a resume isn't really necessarily going to help you stand out and is not going to help you get get your foot in the door. Yes, you need to fill out an application to actually get the job, but the decision isn't going to be made based on your application or based on your resume. It's going to be based on the connections you make and how you choose to tell your story. If there, you know, we'll both give our answers to this. If there's one takeaway from that episode, uh, you know, the, the, the Naveen Jane episode, what do you feel like it is if there's one takeaway? Oh, you're going to love this one. So he, he says, enjoy the process. He says, enjoy the process. The The orgasm is something that comes after the process you know just in, in, enjoy enjoy the process because the end result is going to be a gratification i agree man that's exactly what i was going to say and just to kind of clarify what he said about the or- <laughs> but the orgasm he said um pursuing a career is kind of you know doing something is kind of it's kind of like an orgasm if you focus on the end result if you focus on I just want to get to the orgasm, <laughs> then it's going to be kind of, it's not going to be, you're not going to enjoy it as much. Whereas if you don't think about the end, you don't think about the orgasm, you just kind of enjoy it before it comes. <laughs> is uh, That's the point there. So uh, yeah, that, that is a little strange of an analogy. Well, uh hope other people, if you're listening right now, I hope you, uh, I hope you take a moment to listen to that podcast. It was a great uh, story and as always, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me or Lexi, and uh, we'll see you again next week.